my name is Heine Zumafo, and I am the founder of a few ventures and initiatives, uh, the first being a chat app called Hype, and the second, which is a, an outcome of the first, is a blog called Money from Friends and Family. I have another blog, which I'm about to launch in a few weeks called Scrum Scenario Master.com. And over the next hour, we'll learn a little bit more about all of these. Hey, it's Kellen in today on Diversified Game. Get your pen pad and be ready to rewind especially for you listeners feel free to pause go back five ten seconds um on that apple app if that's how that works but um today's interview is going to be from somebody who can help you get paid, help you further your career. Are you tired of working for 25000 40000 This is an interview you need to listen to, tap into, because we're talking Scrum. And I have the captain of Scrum, Captain Heine. I say that because he really was a captain in the U.S. Army. So you guys, he has had many of career fields, many of expertise, but we're going to talk about Scrum and even raising capital later. So I, you guys, if, there, if you're an entrepreneur, there's nothing better than what you're going to hear right now because it can actually make you some money. So Captain Heine, how are you doing, my bro? Great, my brother. Nice to be on here. It's a wonderful day to be here. Oh, man, it's a great day to be able to teach um, always. And that's one of the things that you do. I'm going, I've heard your other interviews, so I'm not tapping into where are you from? You guys, it's Cameroon in the house. Okay, we got that part. You guys see the lion behind me? Um, I just happen to be wearing a jersey, but you guys know how it is. But Scrum is a big thing in the, um, especially for immigrants in America, especially for Cameroonians. People are calling me, Kellen, Kellen, I got this Scrum thing and I just interviewed for a job for $145,000. You know, I don't even know what I'm doing all the way. People are excited. They've been excited. Um, and I'm just want to hear from, you know, the captain of Scrum, tell people how Scrum has impacted your life and your students' life. Yes, he teaches this, people. Scrum is a, a new concept, but a familiar concept. Everyone can be familiar with Scrum, just the way it um, is as a framework. Scrum has helped me be flexible in all I want to do, and also continue my life as an entrepreneur. The concept, the framework can be applied to any field, any initiative, any program. And the money is not bad, obviously. So um, I, have, I have matured as an entrepreneur because I found this later in my journey as an entrepreneur. And I've matured as an entrepreneur because of Scrum. I've made some money as well, and I'm helping others do same. So whether you want to work 
as a Scrum Master or not, it's something I'll encourage everyone to look into. And, you know, when people hear this, you guys can Google it. You know, I love to show you guys how to fish. But I was told, Kelly, you have to do this scrum thing over and over because you're already doing it. And I think that's true for most of us. We're doing it. We're trying to cut the fat. We're trying to be lean. We're trying to create a system and a mindset that can make us do work faster and better, especially in teams. But is scrum something that you see somebody, let's say their, their company, their organization, um, does it have, you know, everything set up that Scrum needs? Maybe it doesn't have the budget for big teams. Is it something that they can take and then kind of make their own? Or is that frowned upon for like the real Scrum certified masters like yourself? Like that's not Scrum. You can call that something else, but, you know, you took bits and pieces. But how do you like view that when somebody says they're doing Scrum, but you say, no, that might be crumb? That is a very good question. And I'll answer that question in two parts. The first part being that Scrum itself is a framework. So no two enterprises, no two people are going to implement this framework the same way because it's very skeletal. You put the meat to it and you will do it differently than I would do it. But the basics remain the same. The second part, which many people fail to understand, particularly those that are trying to break into the field, is that you can apply Scrum anywhere. You can apply Scrum in your homes, with your children. My wife, for instance, works in the finance industry, and I try to get her into Scrum. At her job, they were going through a software upgrade. Guess what? She reached out to her boss and said, can we do this? Can we do this? After learning a little bit about Scrum, she was implementing Scrum at her job. They didn't have a Scrum master. They didn't have a product owner. But she implemented some of those things like retrospectives. Let's get down together every two, three, four weeks to talk about things, see how things are going. And it worked for the development of that application and even for their financial counseling. It's finance, it's counseling, they meet people. Let's set this goal, let's set this benchmark, let's set a time when we will meet. All of these are Scrum concepts. And guess what? When she decides to get a job as a Scrum master, she doesn't have to say, I have no experience. She can now say, this is what I have done at my job using Scrum concepts. Let me know how you guys do it at your job. And this is how I can help you. That is what people fail to understand when they go looking for jobs. When talk about jobs and, you know, sometimes to the entrepreneur, people say, oh, jobs, I, I, I don't want to have a boss, but your client is always your boss. And the people who work with you um, that you may hire or team members, you know, those are your bosses, the way I look at it, because you are, you know, you have to answer to somebody. I mean, we all have to answer to God. But when someone says, okay, I got my scrum certification and I'm at my job, I might be making, you know, right now $25 an hour, but it says as a scrum master, I should be making 65. Do you teach and show people how you can go to your current employer 
or even future employers and say, I'm a scrum master, you're going to have to pay me more, or you should pay me more, because they can easily say, no, give me that kid fresh out of college who, you know, doesn't have anything. But do you teach that? And how do you help people navigate that? Because a lot of people have a hard time negotiating their salaries. That is true. Uh, a lot of people have a hard time negotiating because they do not know their worth. They do not realize the skills that they already have. Because Scrum is a framework and is very lightweight, it is very difficult for us to see how good we really are at Scrum. And that is why, brother, many people come to you, Kellen, and say, oh, you make a great Scrum master. Oh, you already do Scrum. Because you actually lack awareness of how much you are in it already. So when I mentor my students, part of what I do is try to bring out to the front those skills that they already have so they can be aware of what they know as it pertains to that next move they want to make. So I'll sit down with you. We'll go over your experiences at work. And I say, okay, this is what you've done. This is how you can pitch yourself. This is how you can make a proposal to your boss. I did it at my job. We were moving from Scrum to Kanban, completely different framework. And I happened to be certified in this framework. And I sent a message to my boss and I said, this is what you need. This is the structure you need. And this is how I can help you with that. I didn't have to tell him I'm buying a new house, so I need more money. I didn't have to tell him any of that personal need for money, but I was able to show what they need, what I have, and how I can fill that gap. But if you do not know the skills you have and how you can sell those skills, it will be very, very easy to miss those opportunities. So that is really what I do with my students. And, and you know, when you talk about Kanban, is, do you ever get confused or, you know, mixed up on what should I use? What's the best strategy? Or does it, is it, you know, a different tool, a different problem? Yes, um, that is very common because Kanban is more process oriented. We all use Kanban where your wife's, your, your spouse's give you a shopping list. I need this. Oh, honey, have you bought the eggs? Have you bought the milk? This is done. This needs to be done. And this is what we have. So Kanban is very process oriented. Scrum is beneficial when the variables are a little bit more complex. So generally, in practical terms, is not unusual to start with Scrum when there's a lot more variability and then transition to Kanban or implement Kanban uh, methods once a lot of that complexity is out of the way and you're in a state of um, operational improvement. So the two can be used. You just have to know exactly where you are in the execution of that that project or implementation, even at home. Mm, okay, because people, you know, they, they're hearing about these certifications after they went to school. I mean, I did my, I finished grad school, you know, more than a decade ago. And 
people are like, oh, there's this new thing that can get you paid. Um, and, and I think people are looking at Scrum and even the UX, you know, designer and saying, once I get these things, PMP, you could name a certification, I'm going to start making more money. And we know, we know that's not going to be true for everybody. But part of that is you get the certification, but you get no additional training. And, and your, you know, business is in that. And I know already I can hear someone say, hey, Kellen, I just went to the, the link and it's $3,500. Hey, it might be 4,000 or even more next year or next tomorrow, right? But talk about the value that what that 35, that 4,000, because it can go up, folks. It's all time. You know, he has a family. Talk about some of your um, students and clientele and from that investment, what they have gone to, because there can be no transaction without a transition. I was taught many moons ago. Absolutely. Um, the, the problem we face, I'll start with the problem. The problem is you have a lot of people who are certified, who are making career transitions or career changes, but don't have the hands-on experience <clears throat> They've never worked with a development team before. I happen to have a previous uh, experience with developers all over the world. And at some point in my journey, two years ago, I coached and mentored a couple of uh, friends who were making that transition. I spent hours on the phone with them, coaching them, do not change who you are. <clears throat> Do not lie on your resume because those skills you have in whatever job, whatever degree can be transferred to Scrum. We had to redo their resume, be made it authentic so that they were able to package and say, I have 15 years of leadership experience and this is how I have used Scrum along the way. Then what we do, what I do is pair you up with a development team in Asia and in Africa. During a short period of 12 weeks, 12 to 16 weeks, you are part of that development team. You are the Scrum master for that team. And that process, will help you create a portfolio of experience. We'll meet once a week and go over how you're doing with the team. There are a few targets. How are you engaging the team to develop um, a definition of done, which is the concept of Scrum? How are you engaging the team to create working agreements that will help the team as improve? How are you engaging the team with presentations to help them understand Scrum. So you have those things that you do over 12 to 16 weeks, which you plug into. It is your responsibility to wake up early in the morning or at night to plug into those teams. So within 12 to 16 weeks, you have six, seven, eight solid bullets that you can confidently defend on an interview. The gap between theory and practice is completely bridged. So when you go for that interview, you know when they ask you, 
How have you helped your teams? You can answer. How have you helped your teams with the definition of done? You can answer. How have you helped your teams improve in cohesiveness during this pandemic or during this remote working environment? You can answer. And with my guidance, I am absolutely sure you do well because I have a few students who are already thriving in the workplace. And in fact, looking for senior scrum master jobs already. And that's a beautiful thing. And you guys can always ask for recommendations and referrals and, you know, testimonials and all that. But what about the kind of the imposters, um, you know, syndrome that many of us uh, have and have to shake that devil off and, and tell them Satan get behind me? Because since no scrum can all be the same, what about for those people who say, well, you know, they may want me to work on some new software. How much grace will they give me for that learning curve? Because if I've never used Jira or, you know, some people might be great at Scrum, but they're still on Hotmail. You know, hopefully they don't have the disk that used to come with Hotmail when you needed to put your, use your internet. But how do, how do you get over that? Because is it, you know, do you also train them on all the softwares and tools that could be used? Because that's a lot of tools and you, you can't know everything. Wonderful question. Wonderful question. Now, let me tell you what I did that helped me get the job when I started a few years ago. I was asked, have you, how familiar are you with Jira? I said, well, I've used Jira a little bit. If I am expected to be an expert, then you should find a Jira administrator. I am a scrum master. And the first principle of the Agile, the first value of the Agile manifestation, manifesto is we value individual interactions over processes and tools. That's what I told the person interviewing me. And I value individual interactions over processes and tools. My goal is not to be an expert with the tools. My goal is to enable expert use of the tools by those who use the tools. Now, I flip the question and I ask, do you have a Jira administrator on your program? And he said, yes. And I said, lovely. I'll be able to work with this Jira admin to get the data you need to improve your teams. So you see, we have to have a mindset that it's okay to not be an expert on certain things. But we should be confident enough to know that there is an obligation that the company has to you. And if they can't meet that obligation, you do not want a job. That's what we fail to do. And we position ourselves wrongly. And we try to lie to say, oh, I'm an expert at this and I'm an expert at that. And they ask you a basic question and you fail. Now you've not lost the interview because you're not good. It's because you claim to position yourself wrongly, incorrectly. So it's okay to not be an expert, to not know this or that, but we must demonstrate our ability to learn our ability to engage and our ability to be good scrum masters. You guys, if you listen real well, well, you just now know how 
you know, in an interview to flip it back on that person with respect. And that's not, you know, in America, it's almost like you, you have to be an expert in everything. Somebody can tell you something and you're like, oh, I know, I know. And it's like, no, you don't. You have no idea. And, you know, I say America, but when I think about my conversations while traveling, it, it's kind of an, you know, uh, that, that's its own pandemic where people can hire you for something. I'm sure you've had a student like that and they feel like they've read three scrum books and they're trying to teach you, even though they're paying you good money. You got to shake that, that demon off um, and just be willing to learn. Talking about learning. Now, as the entrepreneur, you have an app. And I'm telling you, I was kind of nervous downloading this app because it said the better to connect with friends. And then it said with benefits. I said, uh-oh, hold on. That, that could mean something totally different. You know, is this app more of a Marco Polo app? Is it more of a Tinder app? Who is this app for, for Hippie? <clears throat> this app is for everybody. It is a cross between Groupon and WhatsApp. Over the years, the model changed several times. And the, the friends with benefits you saw was an early stage in the development of the model. So now that shifted to hype, H-I-I-P-E. Hype just meaning hype, H-Y-P-E. It is a social media engagement platform. And the purpose is to engage individuals or users and merchants together. So just think about this frequent flyer miles. When you fly Delta or any airline, you get miles, which you can use to reduce the cost of your tickets or hotel stay, etc. Similarly, this app, the more you chat, the more you browse the web, the more you talk on the phone, the more you do your video calls, you get points which are given arbitrarily using some algorithm. And with those points, you can now get discounts from merchants. It took me six years and hundreds and thousands of dollars of mistakes to get to this model. To the point where after spending almost $500,000 and being completely dry, I was able to launch the app get to the app stores, and then be short of money for marketing. That was 2017. So I left the app on the app stores basically for show and tell. And that was my resume really to transition into agile management and scrum because I learned through working with entrepreneurs. I learned I found Scrum in during the process of making mistakes. And I said, okay, I have to use Scrum at some point. And it took me a year of using Scrum to launch the app. And I can now, I now took that experience, started consulting, eventually said, okay, let me get a, a full-time job that will give me a paycheck. Then transition further into teaching others how to raise money because I did it. That $400,000 was not my money and also teach others how to use Scrum. So a multifaceted outcome of my entrepreneurial experience, which has not ended. 
Wow. You know, the entrepreneur experience never ends. And, you know, what a great transition that we can make um, because for one business begets another business, begets another project and how that works because you also teach people how to raise money from friends and family. And, you know, you, you had um, previously given a hint about that, but links will be in the description. But let's talk about that because whether we are in Michigan, Florida, or Yawunde, Douala, Limbe, one of my favorite places to be, um, you don't get an entrepreneur that doesn't need money. I mean, I don't even get notifications on my WhatsApp anymore because I have pitch decks and things coming through. And I'm like, you know, people wanting money. I have a great idea only if I had more money. I don't find it difficult to find money when you really need money. What I find difficult is governments moving out of the way, especially in Africa, so you can do what you need to do. But to find money, there's so many places that will give you money, angel or venture, um, if you have a good plan. Um, at least you can get in the door. Can you talk about raising capital? Um, how difficult is it? And maybe it was more easier for you to get it from friends and family than from venture capital, because that's all about being in a circle, being in the, you know, trusted friends, just like your friends and family, you have to be in those circles. You guys got to go to the polo games and the dressage and, you know, hang out where money is, but, um, or just have a big mouth like I do, but talk about raising that capital. Did you have to beg? Cause you know, in, in, in Africa, Somebody's always being born. Someone's always dying. There's always a goat or a cow to contribute. So how did you go about asking that money while still saying, I have a great idea? Because I know, you know, none of us want to beg. We don't want to beg for anything. So give us the game on how that looks. So maybe we all can get better in trying to raise funds. Um, yes, <clears throat> I had a t-shirt once and I kept that t-shirt for years because I like what it said. And on there was written, I don't beg, I negotiate. And I just loved it. Another uh, thing I learned along the way is if you want to ask for money, ask for help. If you want to ask for help, ask for money. With the entrepreneur, if you want to ask for money, ask for help. In the process of helping those who buy into what you are doing will offer the money. So you don't have to ask for money. Initially, I went around asking for money. And the few questions were, what have you done? Who is involved? How are you doing it? Let me see what you're doing. And very quickly, I realized I have to do something. I have to get a logo. I have to get a website. I have to get a summary, business summary. I have to do something. With that little something, I can now show. And the process was almost very, was actually very agile. I didn't think I was going to raise $400,000. I didn't start off with a benchmark. I just knew I wanted a prototype that costed 
$15,000 or $20,000. And with that, I put a little plan together and then I developed a structure that would work for those who are investing. In America, investing is a risk, but I decided to create an LLC strictly for the purpose of investing. So my model is unique. And I'll give a little bit here. I created an LLC and I said, one unit of the LLC will cost $1,500. And I have X units available. I wrote my little business plan. I set my goal, I set my benchmark. And I said, here's an opportunity. You can put in $1,500 to help us get to this prototype. With that, because it's an LLC, when you file your tax returns, I'll give you what is called a Schedule K, and Uncle Sam can give you some money back. It sounded nice. I didn't have to beg. I showed the opportunity. And within one week, I got $30,000. Most of those people who invested, I had never met until today I have not met. They were friends of friends, cousins, co-workers that saw the package, saw my logo, saw my vision, and saw the opportunity and said, this is a good thing. Oh, I'll get some money back from Uncle Sam anyway. I can either put in $1,500 or I can go on that, that cruise to the Bahamas that will give me nothing anyway. And slowly, step by step, as I progressed each and every step of the way, I used the same money, the same model to raise more money. And if someone had to leave and said, oh, I have an emergency, I want my money back. It's an investment. So that money was not always available. But I could bring in someone else for higher units, higher premium, and say, okay, now you come in for $3,000. And I'll give Kalen his $1,500 because his family emergency needs to be taken care of. I still pocket $1,500 that goes back into a business. I did this over seven years and I got $400,000. Wow. Wow. And can you explain though to the people because, you know, it's, it's, we're, we're getting into the new year. Um, by the time people see it, this is the new year. At the end, nonprofits always hit you up and we, I call it burning money because they know some people need to burn money because they don't want to give it to Uncle Sam. As the business, um, explain what you give that person. Be, and you guys can go to his website as well. But I just wanted to make it clear because I've, I've talked about on the nonprofit side. Yeah, why would you not give them some money if you're at a certain threshold? You know, you need to hit, you know. 10,000, 20,000 in giving, why would you not give it to a nonprofit? But is there on the business side, what were they getting um, you know, back from you? Uh, was it a sheet saying they donate it? Was it just the, the share saying, hey, if we hit big, you're gonna make 10X your money or 2X your money? What was that transaction? Cause you were giving something, not just trying to get something. Absolutely. So I was giving, I was giving ownership in the business. And I was also giving what is called a Schedule K, uh, which Uncle Sam requires for you to get a, some money back when you file your taxes. 
So those who invest into the business is not a charitable donation, it's an investment. And I have documents that actually stipulate that it is an investment. So when I coach others to raise money, I help with those documents because I have templates. I work with lawyers and I think I must have spent about $30,000 on legal fees just to prepare these documents, which I'm able now to share with those who I coach who say, I want to raise $50,000. I say, here is a step-by-step -step process. And here are some documents you can share with those who are potential investors. They're your friends, but you treat them professionally. Otherwise, they'll walk right past you, even if they have the money. So these are the documents you give them. This is what you promise. You promise ownership in the business, which they can relinquish at any time. And you give them the opportunity to get money back from Uncle Sam. And oh, by the way, here's a catch. Did you know, if you are part owner in an LLC, as long as that LLC is unprofitable, Uncle Sam would have to give you some money back. So your $2,000 investment today is a loss. That is why Uncle Sam will give you some money back next year when you file your taxes. But guess what? If next year rolls back and I get an investor coming for $10,000 and the business use that $10,000 for operations, for development, then 2024, when you're filing, even though you make no additional investment, you can still claim part of that $10,000. So when you file your taxes in 2025, you are saying the business lost $10,000, even though it came from Joe, Bob, or whoever, and you own two, three, 4% of that business. So you're entitled to two, three, 4% of money back. So as long as the business leaves, Uncle Sam is giving you something. You, you guys, when you're doing this and trying to do it for the first time, keep in mind, we're, 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 we're old pods. We're not the oldest. That's Bia. But you need to have your CPA and have your lawyer do some of this for you. Do not do this on your own for the first time. Absolutely. This, yeah, this is not that podcast where I got a guy saying, hey, do this, and, and it's simple. No, have the professionals do what they do, because I don't want you emailing me saying, Kellen, I'm being audited, um, or worse, they have the platinum handcuffs, because it's all above board, but you need to know what you're doing, and you need some experts in that. I appreciate you. I've never had a guest explain that part of the, the schedule K. So I really appreciate that. That is new game for us. I've had nonprofits talk about, hey, you know, give us this and that or invest in me. But to go in the details, that's what this podcast is all about. So when you raise this money and then what a life turn, you, you build up the app, but then it's like it's 500,000 still not enough. Tell that entrepreneur who thinks they have the best app idea right now, what was the part that you were like, how can $500,000 not be enough to get this into action? Because you got to pay, you know, the fees for Apple and Android to be on their platforms and, and, and the turnarounds on when they're a bug comes through. It, I mean, you could lose your hair. 
That's why I have my hair, you guys, because I'm not in certain businesses. I let others do it. But talk about the things that you didn't see coming that cost so much. Because you just said 30000 for a lawyer just to be able to you know, raise this money. What else was the money spent on that you can help somebody maybe avoid that or at least prepare for that? Mistakes. Mm. Mistakes. And also evolution in the business model. What we see today as the product is four or five iterations of the product. And during every iteration of development, it costs money. Secondly, working with the wrong developers. I switched developers. I'm not a programmer. I've never taken interest in programming. I learned some programming in school because I studied electrical engineering. So I know enough to understand when the, the BS comes into play, mm -hmm. but I'm not a programmer. So I work with all these developers that way, not following right development practices, the best practices. And the, the product was just not up to par. And jumping around from developer to developer, small enterprise to small enterprise, I lost a lot of money. And that is why along the way, I learned about Scrum from a friend who asked me, this team you're working with, these guys, do they have a Scrum master? And I said, what's that? Then the bells went off and I went online and I said, oh, wow, this would work. I'll be the scrum master, I'll be the product owner. Then I now went to find a team that will allow me to scrum my own project. And eventually the last $120,000 or so went using that process and I developed the app. So new entrepreneurs that are thinking of developing an app, you can do it for less if you surround yourself with the right guidance and the right mentorship. You can do it for less if you find a good development team that uses a methodology or a framework like Scrum. Doesn't have to be Scrum, but it has to be something grounded, something rooted, something very, very respectful or respectable in the industry. Then you won't have to spend $500,000. I have a client who developed an app uh, functionally for less than $50,000. Um, and it's it's operating. It was launched a, not too long ago in, in the app stores. So it can be done. But with my mistakes, you don't have to spend $500,000. That's for sure. That's if you work with me. Wait, but I'm going to, and I know I can hear someone in the audience who might just be new to Scrum, so it's fresh in their mind. They said, did he really say he was his own Scrum master and product owner? Isn't that an abomination? But, you know, when you only have a certain budget, talk about that, because if we're supposed to be agile, but some things are always supposed to stay the same, like how did that work where you're your own product owner and Scrum master? Well, yes. It, generally, Scrum requires you have a product owner who is responsible for the backlog, the work, the release of the product, and then you have a Scrum master who enables the team. In my case, I had a small team of about six, seven developers, 
None of them knew anything about Scrum. None of them knew, all they knew was uh, we release every two weeks, so we are agile, which is the problem that small companies face. And I found out after making so many mistakes. So I negotiated with them and I said, this thing called Scrum, this is it. If you as an organization implement it, you are going to do much better. So let me coach you all and let me work with your then project management manager to implement Scrum. So I worked with him as product owner because it was my vision. I was also the stakeholder. I was the customer. I was everything. And then facilitated those basic events, the stand-ups, the reviews, the retrospectives. And I did it well enough. Now, this is back in 2017. And I tell you, of all the um, small businesses and development firms I've worked with, I have the strongest relationship with them because they were open enough to let me do all that and then take what they've learned to other projects and other clients. So their productivity improved, their gains improved. And with them, I still have some students, I think two students who are learning and practicing as Scrum Masters on there. So Scrum is a framework. Some practices are discouraged, but on the field, just like in battle, when you go to war, there are ways they tell you, this is how you fight, this is what you do, this is how you do it. I'm talking from military experience. But when you're there, you do it in the manner that works, right? Learning only helps you get the confidence to do what's right or to adjust as needed. Same with Scrum, your knowledge, your understanding and theory gives you the confident, confidence and the tools to make the environment work speedily, swiftly, and efficiently. I'm, I'm gonna have some fun real quick because I love the comparison and you are the right person to have it with because there's wars and there's battles, whether you're in Chicago, where you know it's a daily war, or Oakland, California, where, where I'm from, born um, and raised in the Bay Area, but, you know, it, I heard a, a gun instructor one time said, he said, you know, when we teach you how to shoot and you're, you know, closing one eye and this and that, when you're in war, because he was in Vietnam, he said, you think I was closing any eyes? I got my head on the swivel. So it's one thing in practice when you're trying to, you know, get the qualification so you can have the firearm or the scrum certificate. But when in battle, you got to do what works. And, and that's just, I, I love that because all this training, it's going to help you when you're really in the war really in the battle of business or war, but I, I love that. That might be your next book or whatnot. Um, I, I can see it. You have, your, you know, go cheesy with the, the military helmet, have the scrum, uh, you know, <laughs> the scrum is like war. I don't know, you guys, where this stuff comes from. Can you, you know, you can raise money, you can learn how to raise money with you, we can learn how to be a scrum master. Do you have an all-in-one package that people can get if they want to just do it all? And, and a full, I know you have the internship program as well, so they can get hands-on. But the all-in package, how long does that take somebody to do with you? 
interestingly, everyone's uh, need is different and everyone's um, process and experience is different. As an entrepreneur, and this would be for most entrepreneurs, we do multiple things. I consider my full-time job to be a gig. In my mind, I'm an entrepreneur. So my full-time job is a gig to bring consistency to my bills. But my heart and mind are in entrepreneurship. I can't move at your pace because I may not have the resources you have. So when I talk to uh, would-be clients, I learn about what constraints they have in their lives and we go from there. There are some people who just need the money and Scrum may not be applicable. You may need the money for an event rental space, for example, and we don't have to build an app or something. Yes, I'll work with you to raise money using that model. You may want to build an app like Uber, for example, and I would say, okay, I have developers that can work, or you can link me up with your own developers. We'll work with anybody. But how do we creatively develop that app? If you have the money, we can still creatively develop the app at a very reasonable cost. If you want to learn Scrum or learn Agile, while you're developing that app, while you're starting your business, I can reel you into the program and you can be part of the learning. You can learn the theory in order to be certified or you can do both. You can learn the theory and you can be part of a project. Now, the best thing for an entrepreneur who wants to develop a website or an app is to be the scrum master for their own project. And I can help save money on that front too, because instead of you paying me for the course, what I can do with creative financing is to get other Scrum Masters on board on your project who will pay to be Scrum Masters for your project, and then they can subsidize your own expenses. And we go 50-50 with that. So we bring two Scrum Masters to Scrum your project. It's your vision, it's your app. I say, okay, here's the pay from one Scrum Master, uh, $3,000. You can have that. You can put back into your app and I'll take the other $3,000. So I help you, you help me, and we grow together. So I have options for every entrepreneur, every initiative. And if you reach out to me, we'll find a way to make it work. The true definition of agile. And you've talked about this, you know, throughout the interview, but um, I have to know in case there's, you know, even more, what is your community give back that you are doing or one that you would like to do in the future? I haven't started yet, but... Um, I have an eye on, on Africa because we are always, in terms of technology management uh, processes, a few years behind. So uh, over time, God willing, I will be able to uh, establish some sort of help or training or uh, improvement 
to the adoption of Agile in Africa mm. for individuals and also for companies. I would like to, I would like to really, really help. The cost, the cost that I require now are prohibitive and they may go up, but a time will come based on how uh, successful I am, that I'll be able to subsidize a lot of what I do. And my give back will come through that capacity that I generate to be able to help small businesses and help entrepreneurs on the continent to achieve their goals and bring their plans to life on a budget or for nothing. Okay. And are you seeing, because I've noticed, you know, a lot of the scrum uh, trainers through some of the organizations um, are international. Some are living like in India. We know in India, so many things, you know, those people want to work. They, they, they have the tech jobs. They come over here being able to teach professors. Sometimes I've seen them in classes. They'll teach them something. It's like they already know. Um, could you see the same thing for a place like Cameroon? I know you're connected to recruitment companies in Cameroon, but are, can you see that same push with the agile community, with the scrum and teaching people so they can be the VAs that we need? Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, the gap between uh, Africa and Asia is in exactly what you just said. We have human capital and resources in Africa that are very untapped. We have potential in Africa that is very untapped. And with Scrum and Agile, there is the company called Andela in, in Nigeria that started out by working with software developers, recruiting the best software developers, improving their, uh, their capacity as developers, and then placing them uh, wherever needed or having them work in-house. With Agile and Scrum, that is not being done. And eventually, I want to get to a place where the capacity to serve enterprises in Africa can be met through Scrum Master interns, Scrum Master trainees, because my vision is not just to train Scrum Masters to be good, to be uh, making money, but to train them to be excellent at what they do, because anyone, can be a scrum master, but very few can be good scrum masters. Mm. And that capacity on the planet exists, but the understanding of agile, the understanding of scrum, and even the access to quality training is lacking. So with time, God willing, that access to training would happen and managing those who have been trained adequately and the needs of the companies also would be met. And I plan to bring the entire ecosystem together. I, I love it. And, and it's needed. And it, it's, so, it's so needed on both sides because here in the West and globally, 
people have ideas, but you know, in America, not everybody as a new entrepreneur can afford $20 an hour or even a $15 minimum wage. But what they can afford in another country like Cameroon can, you know, cause we, we have some people we manage and it's like, oh, you're paying all my bills. I don't have to go look for another job. And that's a great feeling to have I think on both sides and Cameroon especially has some great talent. They just need a platform as in the words of Nipsey Hussle, uh, may he rest in power. They need a platform to show, you know, um, because it, it, I just, I see it. Now I can hear someone say, but Kellen, when we go over there as Americans, aren't they going to try to hit us up for the $20 an hour? Cause they know that again, you don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate and, you know, you got to find your team as, um, you know, we've been talking about. Let the people know, and I will make sure I have descriptions and links, all that in, in the description box. Excuse my dyslexia, you guys. I did that in reverse. Um, but let the people know where they can find you and the best platform to connect with you for hiring people, not for Oh, I just want to talk and maybe you can work with me. When I blow up, you blow up. No, to hire him or even to check out his eBooks. You know, be a blessing to somebody in this season. But where's the best places to connect? The best place will be LinkedIn and Facebook. If you, I'm the only high energy Zoomer for uh, that in the world, really. So a quick search. My first name, last name will pull me up on either LinkedIn and Facebook. And you send me a message uh, that, that will, I'm pretty responsive within 24 hours. You'll hear back from me. You guys have been blessed with the game. I thank my wife for connecting me. I won't tell you how they connect it because you guys won't understand it to sound like something else. I don't want any wahala. <laughs> <laughs> but I just signed it. But how you meet people is how you meet people. And it's a beautiful thing. And you guys, once you get that partner and you get that jealousy and that craziness out of this world, but I thank um, the queen herself, um, Dr. Tina, check her out at CNA to MD.com and for the, for the blessings. My bruv, thank you for all the game that you shared. I'm glad you brought me on. It's been a pleasure. Um, we should have done this sooner. I appreciate your wife for connecting us, but God's time is the best, really. Amen. Amen. And with that timing, you guys, now that you've been blessed by the game and thank you for checking it out, make sure that you share this game with somebody. It will change their life. You guys. Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora Channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you and this course is my first trip to africa a course well put together by a seasoned traveler kellen cash coleman this course is designed to prepare you to travel better which will save you both time and money and the great news is this course cost only $20 guys it can't get any better go right now and enroll to this course at www. 
davidcfygame.com.